You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros, recorded on June 14th, Ooh. 2020. Ooh. Sitting in front of me is my cohort, my good man, Stev. Hello, friends. And I'm I here. am Dirk. Welcome to the show. Stev, you had a, a topic that you were going over, and I, and I wanted you to save it for, for this recording, actually. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's... It, it's 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 gonna be a doozy. We're yeah. gonna, again, we're gonna go over the topic when the topic uh, section comes up. But it's it's actually something that I really started thinking about at work yesterday. In all honesty, no, go, go ahead and go over it right now, dude. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So at work, we usually have slow days, and we're allowed to get on our phones for a little while as long as we can still do our you know stuff. Yeah. And like halfway through, I started like looking up and and. I started getting my usual DC recommended movie stuff, and the one thing that popped up was Batman, right? And it was the ba- it was uh, it was the Batman's Nightmare in Batman versus Superman. Yes, I, I I know I know we don't talk about that film that much anymore, but it it kind of explored something interesting of like, oh my God, Superman went evil, like that's that's fucking really weird. And then we also see him, you know, beat down Superman hardcore, right? Right. So that means that Superman has to have, I mean, well, Batman has to have in his Bat computer, like a specific, like a specific files that go over what happens if someone turns to the dark side, like either voluntarily or involuntarily. And we already know in some of the animated films that yes, he does for a fact can- canonically one hundred percent has a file on every. Every member of the Justice League, just in case they go, like, somebody goes bonkers, something like that. I don't know. They turn Zatanna into a bunny girl and that. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Just, just. Turn Zatanna into a bunny girl? I'm, 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 I'm just going to say right now, I have a crush on Zatanna. That's all, that's all you need to know. Well, that's but, fine. That's fine. I mean, everyone does at some point. Just, just like the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. God, they casted her perfectly. Yes. 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 <laughs> Um, but in every single file, it's like how to take down the specific superhero. Uh, with Flash, put a put a fucking thing on him that like will explode if he doesn't go below a, a certain mile an hour thing. Whatever, you get the idea. Uh, Martian Manhunter, allergic to fire. Every everyone's allergic to fire. Everyone's allergic to fire. That still doesn't make sense to me. Like Martian Manhunter, you have all of this stuff. What's your weakness? Fire. That's 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 everyone. Yeah, we're we're all uh, contagious to fire. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more contagious to fire because I catch on fire. We all do. <laughs> we John, all do. John, John. 
we all catch on fire when we catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, but I do it more. No, you don't. <laughs> Sit down. But I, I, I like to imagine, like, Robin's looking through the supercomputer like, oh, my God, Batman, you have all of this fucking, you know, you have all these files on all these superheroes like uh, Superman. You, you get Satana to go and fight him because he, he can't handle magic because it's not part of the... Ma- I, don't, I don't really know how Superman's weaknesses work outside of Kryptonite. I'm not going to lie. They kind of don't. Yeah, I kind of figured. Um... Like, oh my god, you have that, you have that for Flash, you have that for Wonder Woman, you have this for Green Lantern, literally paint yourself fucking yellow. <laughs> that that will forever be my favorite moment. Did you read that part in uh, uh, Batman and Robin All-Stars? Uh, the one where they just paint themselves yellow? Yes. <laughs> and, like, and the entire inside of the house yellow. Everything is yellow. And like Green Lantern's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, they, they offer him something to drink, and it's lemonade. It's just lemonade. Like, are you doing this out of spite or something? Like, yes, I'm doing this out of spite. I will yeah. now punch you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and then Robin takes things way too far and, like, actually, like almost kills him. And Batman's like, fuck you, Robin, you fucking retard. Robin, we were just doing a bit. We're just doing a <laughs> we're bit. We're just pranking. We're just pranking him. It's just a prank, bro. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I like to imagine, like, oh, my God, you have all of this fucking files on... Uh, on everyone in the Justice League, uh, Batman, like, yes, Robin, it's just in case something bad happens, like, someone turns to the dark side. Oh, man, I wonder what my uh, w- what my file looks like. Oh, you don't have to look at that, Robin. Like, oh, 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 my file's empty. Oh, come on. What, what, you're sp- I mean, I'm, I'm basically the light version of you. Like, come on, I want to know how you're going to be able to beat me up. Just kind of, Batman goes, all right, well, let's, let's get this out of the way then. All right. Okay, assume a stance real fast. Okay. Hia whap. Ha ha. <laughs> I just punch you in the nuts, Robin. You are a small child. <laughs> I am a 30-something year old that has gone toe to toe with literal gods in one. Damian Wayne goes through uh goes through Batman's files on on how to take down his enemies in case. Uh he sees the file for Damian Wayne. Throw him. <laughs> Throw small child into cage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laugh at him. <laughs> Get Joker to beat him up with crossbow. I mean, with with fucking crowbar. Oh my god! Yeah. At least we'll make creative villain. <laughs> Batman, Batman looks at Damian Wayne, thinking, "Wrong kid died." <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you know Bruce has to have some resentment towards Damien. Okay, well, here's the thing when it comes down to Damien. Damien is everything that Batman despises. He's a killer. Like, in the comics, I'm pretty sure the comics allude that Damien has killed people, and he's not even what? doesn't just allude to it. Um, in the Grant Morrison comics, before Damien is like really proving himself, and I say really proving himself in quotation marks, he never proves himself because no. he's Damien Wayne. He cuts off the head and brings it back into the Batcave to show, hey, I stopped crying. Am I good, am I good now for you? Like, oh, fucking Christ, Damien. Yeah, and Dick Grayson has to deal with that shit. Yeah. Because everyone thought that Bruce Wayne was dead. Yeah, that's, oh my God, I forgot. That's the... Bat Family one, right? Because I remember that there yeah. was the comic one, and then there was the the battle the, for the cowl. This is when uh, Dick Grayson took over as Batman for a while. Yeah, it was a weird time for everyone involved. It there, was. There was also the time when Bane took over Gotham because the Justice League died fighting someone. I'm trying to remember who they were fighting, but like there was a part where it's like, oh, we're 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 selling water, we're selling medicine and stuff like that, and Bane's like, oh my god. 
I, I, I honestly thought to myself, like, oh, okay, so Bane's running this operation. I mean, kind of falls in line with him, I guess. And then he just fucking kills everyone that was selling, you know, the, 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 the medicine and the water. And he's like, no, that's not how Batman does things. That's not how I'm going to do things. Give this shit out for free or I'm killing more people. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that was such a fucking cool thing. And like, and on top of that, it opened up to a whole new thing that I started talking with you just before the recording. It is a really thin line when you start looking at the heroes, not just because of their superpowers, but because of who they are. Like, we have seen alternate timelines of what happens when they cross the line. Yes. Yes, we have. We've seen a Batman who kills. We've seen a Flash who will kill. We, we, we've seen all of these heroes go towards what, go towards their anathema, so to speak. What they never wanted to turn into. Fuck, we have Injustice, we have, uh, we have Red Sun, we have the one where Superman becomes a Nazi. We have like all of these different little timelines where it shows off what happens if you cross that line with a superhero. And I think that's emulated perfectly when it comes down to Superman. Superman is Superman not because he has, you know, the powers of Superman. He's Superman because he knows he has these powers and he knows how easy it is for him to cross that line. Fuck, Justice League Unlimited. Or Justice League, the animated series. Yeah. Or like we we can we can touch into uh, the the DC animated film Doom. Yes, where in that one, uh, things become become very wacky for our Justice League because uh, what what uh, the Flash is um, given this bomb where if he slows down too much he will die and explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman believes that she is seeing multiple versions of uh, Cheetah. I believe. Oh man, that would that wouldn't be a nightmare for me. Martian Manhunter catches on fire because he's allergic to fire. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Every single time that we have to talk about that, it's like John, that just is what happens when you catch on fire. What do you need? <laughs> no, but don't worry, he got injected with fire producing molecules yeah <laughs> i know just kids just throw fucking alcohol and he's like ah, fuck you martian manhunter yeah, Ma- martian manhunter like he, he catches on fire and he develops hives <laughs> from, from being on fire it it, it triggers his asthma it triggers his, i can't breathe i can't breathe <laughs> no one can <laughs> breathe when they're on fire you dumbass <laughs> What else do you want? <laughs> Next, you're going to say you drown if you stay underwater too long. <laughs> People die if they are killed. <laughs> I'm allergic to bullets, Batman. Fucker. <laughs> Everyone's allergic to bullets. <laughs> so... So, all this happens because Batman has a file for every superhero in the Justice League in case they turn to the the dark side, and and someone gets a hold of those files and uses it against the Justice League. So it's revealed to the rest of the Justice League that Batman has these files, and like, <gasps> how dare you? How well, could you? We trusted you. 
why would you do this to us and have these files on how to take us down if we were to ever go bad? Bitch, have you seen what you people are capable of? <laughs> Superman, I have literally seen you bring down a skyscraper by accidentally breathing on it. Superman, you save a man from a train by stopping the train by force. You don't save the man by taking him off the rails. <laughs> yeah, you... you uh you destroy the train to save one man, which potentially kills hundreds of people. It was there were no one in the train, bitch. If you didn't have X-ray vision, you wouldn't know that. Like I, I know, I know the predictions of uh, Andrew Yang are are talking about automation here, but like we're not at that point just yet, Superman. No, we're not that. We're 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 not there. Maybe they have it in Metropolis, but in Gotham, we pack them. We are Tokyo. We're still using gaslight sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird when you go to Gotham. I'm just gonna, I'm yeah, just gonna say that right now. Pretty sure, pretty sure, fucking Killer Croc has an entire family down there because they ate nuclear radiation. Like as as much as the Flash is still a human, he is still a a a superhuman. He is not Batman who has to rely on his brain for everything. Um, yes, yeah, uh, Batman needs to have files on taking taking people down. Uh, he had to do that in Hush, where uh, Superman was mind-controlled by Poison Ivy, and Batman's like, no, here's Kryptonite. You're done. Bitch. Knuckle dusters. Punch. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising how well that works. Yeah, exactly. And, like, as as we're fucking losing our brain cells by laughing too much, it just made me realize that every... Every one of Superman's things can just be boiled down to the worst of it. For instance, you know, the Martian Manhunter. He's allergic to fire. Everyone's allergic to fire. We've gone over this. But when it comes down to Wonder Woman, she can't do drugs. (sighs) She can't do drugs? No, I'm going to put... Oh man, I wonder what like special chemical you're gonna be using to make me go insane, uh, Batman. Cocaine. I'm just gonna give you cocaine. <laughs> Whatever happens at this point is up to you, but I'm just giving you cocaine. Wonder Woman develop develops a cocaine habit because Bruce Wayne had it on file. <laughs> starts scratching at her. <laughs> she starts scratching herself. So uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling like somebody's taking over my mind right I, I, now, I Bruce. Think, I think that's a meth addict or meth or heroin addiction. Either or. I don't know my drugs. I don't Look, know. I, I've only done marijuana and shrooms. I don't know anything else. So I, I I can just imagine it right there. Like, oh no, I'm going in. I'm gonna start beating people up now, Batman. You can't stop me. Have some weed. Just kind of slowly puts it into her mouth. And like, what is this? So, Wonder Woman, do you want to beat up people and take over the world? Nah. You know, like, people, they, when they do things, they do it at 100% capacity, and that's, like, really cool. That's awesome, Wonder Woman. Are you going to try and, you know, beat us up now because you're mind-controlled? Nah. I'm good, man. No, what happens is... <laughs> Is is Batman notices that Wonder Woman is uh, is is turning evil, gives her some pizza, and then she spends the next three hours sitting there just going through her own brain and understanding herself and understanding why she does what she does and coming to some sort of like weird euphoria where she's now playing a guitar and writing music about it. <laughs> Look, shrooms, 
shrooms make you explore yourself, and I think yeah. Wonder Woman could use that. Yeah, just like, I'm like, all right, well, before you kill me, let's have one last meal, shall we? I'm like, okay, I'll eat. Th- I can see the walls moving, Batman. I see patterns in places I don't normally see patterns, Batman. Can I sit down? You're already sitting down. I'm going to sit down. And just kind of slur- like slinks lower into her <laughs> evil chair. Like, Wonder Woman, you're supposed to be killing the Justice League. You're mind-controlled right now. But, like, are we ever really in control of our mind? Like, if you think about it, like, the universe is just so fucking, like, fucking big. Goes on to, like, a 30-minute tangent about how no one is in control of themselves. She looks off into the distance, and she sees a star. She sees a star that is less than a mile away from her, and it's burning very, very brightly. In reality, that's just the Martian Manhunter on fire. (laughs) Oh, God. The weaknesses for every Justice League character is so fucking weird. Fuck, if you take away the goddamn... The fucking... uh, The uh, the ring off of Green Lantern, right? And you just... I don't know, you take it off of him because of some magic thing that you found because this is comic books. You always have to find a way. And he's he's just a Marine. He's a Marine that is now on the ground. You know what Marines are allergic to? What's that? Bullet. (laughs) Stabbing. Or you just make the Green Lantern afraid. So Batman just just sits there reading like shitty creepy pasta they found online. Oh god, this is really creepy, spooky. <laughs> the Green Lantern has has images of uh, Jeff the Killer. <laughs> like, ah, oh, he's so spook. Uh, I'm taking this off. I can't do this no more, guys. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Oh boy. Games of the week. So, when it comes down to Games of the Week, we have to go on Steam real quick. When you go on Steam, you'll notice that EA has finally come back to Steam. And they are selling a lot of fucking big blockbuster, like blockbuster hits. They're selling a lot of their big titles for 50% off until, I think, June the 19th? I think that's when the sale cuts off. So, right now, if you think about it, you are able to get a lot of these very fun games, like How I Got Dragon Age Inquisition, as well as some other stuff. So, that got me uh, that got me saying to myself, okay, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to set aside, uh, I'm going to set aside a couple bucks, so that way I can buy some of these games that I've wanted to try, but I didn't, I didn't want to play, pay full price for them. So, I got two games. First one that I bought was Battlefield 5. Now, I understand that everyone has said boycott Battlefield 5. But right now, I think in my mind, EA has already learned that they can't, that if they talk shit to their player base, they're going to get hit. And they got hit hard when it came down to Battlefield 5, as we all saw in, in, in the days leading up to its release and then further onwards. So when it came down to, you know, buying this sort of stuff, I said to myself, okay, I can hate the game on a kind of a moral sort of standpoint. You can't insult your player base because they want their realism. That's just not, I mean, that, that, y- y- you can't do that. 
it's a lot like saying, well, this game is going to be based heavily off of World War II. But at the same time, we're going to be taking away all of this stuff that makes World War II World War II and put our own stuff into it so that way we can tell our own, I don't know, narrative about it. It's insulting to the player base hardcore. And they felt it hardcore in their pocketbook. I'm saying hardcore a lot today. Oof. That's okay. But, so I decided to pick it back up. Well, to pick it back up. I decided to pick it up. It's only like 20 bucks on Steam. So it's like, I don't feel that bad about it. Boy fucking howdy did I already start feeling bad about it. So it's already a fairly big enough game. It's running alright on my computer, but that's because I didn't... I wasn't paying attention to the specs. I need to buy another... I need I need to buy another RAM card, about four more gigs, so that way I can start you know playing playing on Battlefield, uh, five. In in the way that I want to play it as I want to play it on max settings, just like how I want to play all my games on max settings to experience what has been made. Um, I bought it. I downloaded it, even though Papa Durkub over here said don't don't fucking get it. And I said to him, I have to know. Um, you have to have Origin installed as well in order to ins- in order to play any of these games, by the way. So if you buy it on Steam, you cannot launch it through Steam. You actually have to physically have Origin up in order to run these games. Otherwise it just won't it won't launch whatsoever. I've tried multiple times. Um I get into the game, and immediately it shows me that whole whole you know, war thing that's happening right now. It's not, I mean, it's bigger than the last war and it's giving me all these different war stories. And it's like, this is, this is really boring. This is not how I expected this game to kind of introduce itself. uh, Battlefield one introduced itself extremely well, but I'll get into that later. So after going through that schlock of a mess, I learned that the controls and and like the physics behind the fucking art like vehicles in this game are atrocious. During one of the opening things, I am in a tiger tank. All right, this is the tiger he one. I mean he one. This is the tiger h one. This thing is a fucking beast of a machine. This is beauty incarnate. In War Thunder. I literally have slots open so that way I can still play in a tiger tank. It's just it 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 is a memorable machine when it comes down to the German army back in 1940. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm a fucking behemoth and I'm fighting against light tanks. Like these tanks are dinky shit are dinky shit stains. They might pose a threat to my Panzer 3s and 4s that are flanking around with me, but they they're not going to pose a threat to me. And I line up my shot as one of these light American tanks comes out. And I I know for a fact that in War Thunder, it, it, it is about 200 meters away. So I'm able to hit this fucking thing like dead in center. I don't even have to do any like angling of my angling of my armor or anything like that. And I shoot and the shell goes about 10 feet, uh, uh, 10 feet straight and then starts dipping down. That fucking pissed me off to no end. I actually had to pause the game, get up from my chair, and just kind of walk around for a bit. 
Because that's not how shells work. They don't all of a sudden pop out of your fucking... They don't pop out of your of your turret, of your gun barrel, and just go straight down after a few feet. That's not how wor- That's not how this works. That is not how this works. And I'm like, I'm trying to line up these shots, and it's just like the fucking physics of it is just so fucking wonky. And it pissed me off. I'm like, I, he is literally 100 meters right in front of me. I can pop this man hardcore one shot. I know exactly where to hit in order to kill this tank. Health bars, man. Health bars on tanks. Fucking what I wanted to see in a goddamn video game. We are in the age of 2020 where a 2010 game has so much realism and graphics behind it that they're able to, you know, like if I shoot an M18 in, I don't know, uh, let's let's do a Panzer, uh, like a Martyr tank. I know where I need to hit. I need to hit the mantlet so that way when the shell does explode and spreads a bunch of shrapnel inside, it's going to either kill the crew or it's going to hit the ammunition, set it on fire, or just blow up the tank. That's how this works. But instead, Battlefield decides that it wants to have fucking health bars to literally everything. No. This is a Tiger tank hitting a light tank. And I'm like, I'm going through this and it it, it just becomes torture for me. It is just immense torture to play that game in, in, a, in a fucking vehicle. And I'm like, okay, maybe the fucking fighter uh maybe the fighter segment's going to be better it's not better everything's moving at the speed of fucking sound the bf109 is 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 making fucking turns on a dime and i'm like trying to fucking figure out what the fuck is happening right now the controls are so messed up Uh, i can't yawing feels so weird uh fucking everything about this game pissed me off when it came down to mechanics and I'm going through this, and it just, oh, God, it, it, it annoyed me. So I, I said to myself, okay, whatever. That was a terrible first portion of the game. It made me feel annoyed. So I decided to get into multiplayer, try to play something of that. First time I get into a multiplayer game, there's already a hacker just moving around at the speed of sound. Just killing everyone left, right, front, and center. And I'm like, this is, this isn't fun. There's people throwing racial slurs like no other. We are fully grown people acting like children at this point. And it's just like, this is this is why I kind of stay off of multiplayer games some days. In in Battlefield Battlefield Five basically reminded me why I hate playing mainstream games like that because it's just. Are you fucking kidding me? It, it it just felt bad. And the realism is not there. You see fucking Japanese soldiers fighting with M1 Garands. You have holographic uh, fucking sights or something like that. You have all of this random shit on your gun that shouldn't belong on the random gun. It's just... It did not sit well with me. As someone that likes having realism in the game. I don't care if I die in one shot. That's how bullets work. If I get shot in the chest, I'm going to die. Are you saying your characters are allergic to bullets? Yeah, my characters are allergic to bullets. Huh. 
is really weird, isn't it? Good thing it? they're not allergic to fire. Ah, oh, yeah. No, there's no fire in that game, apparently. Yeah. But it, it just... Uh, I, I tried I tried getting through it as much as I could. I tried giving it a good berth, going at it with an open mind, and already Battlefield Five has decided to say, no, fuck you, fuck your realism. We are going to do something else with it, even though Battlefield's known for at least some sort of realism when it comes down to it. I'm, I'm fighting against Tom Cruise... I'm I'm fighting against a Japanese woman in the American in 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 a fucking British setting. It's just I did not enjoy playing that game. Then I went on to Battle Battlefield uh Battlefield 1 and I immediately remembered why I loved that game. It did not pull any punches. It reminded you that World War 1 was terrifying to fight in. It wasn't like, it it, it it was bloody, it was brutal, and it was just, it made you feel terrible for fighting in this game. Because you're, it, it opens up, I think at the Battle of Verdun or something like that, I don't remember what exactly battle that they're fighting at. But all I know is that when you die, it shows a name plus the date they were born when they died. Jesus Christ. Like, that's fucking... Oh, oh boy. Then it goes on to a different part of the map, which is, like, only, like, a few feet away from you that where you died. And it's like, you're holding a church. Like, okay, pull out the guns. You're shooting. And it feels... It feels intense. The opening part of Battlefield 1 feels intense. Like, I feel like I'm fighting for my life. There's a flame trooper out there, and I know for a fact it's going to kill other people, so I'm shooting hardcore into him and he freaks out because his backpack's on fire and now he's trying to put it out and it just explodes kills everyone around me including me and then it goes over to a tank and there are people coming out of that church on fire screaming like death screams and like oh my fucking god and you're going through this you're shooting people as they run away because you they they just they 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 just killed a lot of your own boys, so you got to stick it to them now. And you're going through this, and it's just oh my fucking god. And then I get on to operations, and my first operations match, which is basically kind of recreating what a battle would be like in World War One, where it's taken in phases. You're supposed to take the ground, hold the ground, do all that sort of stuff. And it's just so fucking brutal. Like, everything about that game was glorious. If you look up on fucking YouTube, and you look up, uh, if you look up Battlefield 1, no HUD, 4K gameplay, it feels remarkable. Like, there are people screaming in the background because they got shot, or they got, or they're set on fire. They're screaming about people that are shooting at them from different angles. That you, at one point, I actually heard like somebody scream, "I shouldn't be here! I shouldn't be here at all!" And it's just, it's so fucking atmospheric, and it's so fucking beautiful. And then you get into Battlefield Five, which is apparently supposed to be an upgrade, and then you just see fucking some American dude run out of the fucking building, swinging a katana around, like nothing's happening, and it's just, it doesn't feel good. But in Battle Battlefield One, it feels 
fucking phenomenal. It is such a beautiful game in terms of atmosphere. It reminds you that warfare isn't this fucking haha funny mess where like fucking paraplegics are running around, swinging katanas around with their multicolored fucking banners riding around. Battlefield 1 reminds you that you are just a fucking mook. You are no one. You are a guy that is sent there to die and to kill. That is all. And I think Battlefield 1 does World War 1 justice. It doesn't hold back. It doesn't pull punches. It tells a story that these are just young boys that thought that they were on an adventure when in reality, I mean, the grim reality of it is is that they are this is war. This is brutal warfare. That's why I st- if if you ever get, if you ever decide to get any of the EA games that are on sale, Battlefield One, one hundred percent. Get this game when you get into the multiplayer. It is beautiful. The single player for the game too is beautiful as well. It tells a story. It doesn't. It doesn't like replace any of the characters because of to, to, to push some sort of stupid narrative. It tells a story. The the best single player experience I've ever had in Battlefield 1 has to be the runner campaign, which is when you are fighting in Gallipoli. And those of you that are history nerds know that Gallipoli was a bad time for British forces. It was a bad time. That was the battle that still that haunted Winston Churchill to the end of his days. Like and and, and it shows. And it's so fucking beautifully written. It's so fucking beautiful with the soundtrack when he finally makes the final sacrifice. It's like, this is a guy that is, he is a grizzled veteran who just wants to see this war end. And he gives his life to give this one young kid a chance to live. And and the horrible reality of it is, and what you begin to realize hardcore is that that kid will probably not make it back home. And I mean the Italian the Italian campaign for the war story is just remarkable. It's a grandfather telling his telling his uh his grandchild the story of when he was fighting against the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And again, it's just it is remarkable. Battlefield 1 will always get my recommendation when people ask like what is a good what is a good multiplayer game that I'm going to enjoy that is that is hectic that is combative that is immersive what Battlefield 1 it makes you feel it makes you feel things and they are very good things Battlefield 5 Tom Cruise <laughs> running around with the katana Killing people, uh, fucking the last samurai. The last samurai, and he's fucking tanks are moving their turrets at the speed of sound, one eighty degrees, quick no scoping. <sighs> All right, with that, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. I don't like Battlefield Five. I don't know if anyone knows. Gaming news.
So The Last of Us 2 is finally coming out, and it is, uh, uh, it's still under a review embargo, which means we're getting a, a good slew of reviews that are um, spoiler-free. Okay. Completely spoiler-free. And um, the consensus is that this game is extremely good, except for the, the reviews where I see where people are saying, I didn't really enjoy this game. Uh, 10 out of 10s for a very flawed game, as I'm understanding it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, to be fair, they did say in an interview that they, they don't believe in having fun in video games. Remember that? Yeah, which means, you know what? Mission accomplished. You didn't have fun in the video game. Hey, I need you to kill this dog. Oh. You don't want to kill this dog? Well, no, you, you have to, to progress. Yeah. Okay, you killed the dog? Hey, you, you killed that dog. Do you feel bad about doing it now? Well, you should, though. Yeah, you should. You, you absolutely you horrible, should. You're a horrible person. You are such a scumbag and a low life for killing that dog. How dare you take the life of another living being? Mm-hmm. How dare you? Now then, go kill the other people with your very gymnastic, small, little teenage body. Yeah, that is basically the entirety of the reviews I have read so far yeah. for Last of Us 2. So here's here's what I'm noticing is that it, it's 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 like back during the days of Bioshock Infinite when that game first came out and everybody was giving it extremely high scores, 9 out of 10, uh, 10 out of 10, and then the dust eventually settled and you had people like Matthew Batosa saying, hey, this game is actually really flawed and, and doesn't really do what you wanted it to. It doesn't actually give you choices like you thought that it was going to. Like, um, maybe you feel like in the original two Bioshocks, but like this one, yeah, like everything's pre- like pre-scripted so that it, like your choices don't fucking matter. And so, you know, and, and then Matthew Matosis takes the time to point out why the game, uh, for one, doesn't make any sense, but also number two, uh, the ending is bad and it is um, pseudo-intellectual. Meanwhile, everybody Ooh. was everybody was thinking like, "Oh my God, all this thing about infinite worlds is like so big brained." Nah, son, it's it's actually not that big brained. It's like it's the equivalent to word salad. Yeah, where someone is trying to uh, use woo to get you buy in, to to buy into some like weird new age shit. And so, I'm starting to wonder when the dust will settle for The Last of Us Two, and people will begin to look at it much more critically because I, I'm finding people trying to be honest, saying like, "No." This isn't actually that good of like gameplay. Like, okay, so the review that I read when it came down to this um, was actually from Polygon. Like, Polygon is notorious yeah. for reviewing some games and not being very good at them, and also they really they really try to drum up the whole you know the themes about it like yeeting the rich in outer and outer worlds oh yeah like yeeting the rich and all that sort of shit and they they praised it for its message there but in this game they actually couldn't find anything good to say about it like yeah hey we have a female protagonist now who's also a lesbian like yeah g- good on them for that sure um, she doesn't feel like a real person but that's fine she feels like those you know, the, those sorts of lesbians that write really bad poems about how bad they feel and then call it a day. But except this one has murderous tendencies. 
but still feels bad for killing a dog. Like, it just... This game is starting to sound like it's going to be bad. Like, we're going to start seeing review gameplays of it, and people are probably going to start getting annoyed with it. Yeah. This is what happens when you start when you start believing in the whole you shouldn't have fun playing a story-driven game. No. You can definitely have fun playing a story-driven game. Fucking Until Dawn, I had fun playing it, and it was a story-driven game. It was a movie, but it was a movie that gave me choices. Right. Choices that mattered. And it's just... It fucking sucks to see that in the year of our Lord, 2020... (laughs) That we can't have story-driven games where gameplay matters and, 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 and being able to have fun. It, it, it's starting to feel like, when it comes down to Naughty Dog, you can't have fun if there is story. And if you are having fun, there's probably not any. It's, it's not good. Well, and this is the company that came out with the Crash Bandicoot games. Yes. So... I mean, did you play any of the Uncharted games? Because I didn't. I I never got the chance to. I heard about it from other people where they were talking about, like, it's... It is The Last of Us. And for me, when I thought of The Last of Us, I thought of just watching a movie. Yeah. And I it, it immediately turned me off. So we, we should just make sure that we're very clear about this, where... We're we're not shitting on the Last of Us two, as as people that are trying to review it. We're not even reviewing we're reviewing it ourselves. I kind of don't want to. So. I, yeah, I I have no intentions of playing this game. But what we what why I am saying is that it, it's very suspicious how the reviewers are handling this game right now because it's it it is there is no in between. Yeah, there is either you're gonna love you're gonna love the game one hundred and ten percent. One, yeah, just, just we're we're going in. We're we're loving the game hardcore. IGN, shut up. And then there's the reviewers. Like, oh, oh no, IGN gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, just like it's it's a perfect game. Shut up. Everything is about it is perfect. Don't listen to the other reviewers. Only listen to us. Did we get paid for this? Shut Don't up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, shut sh- shut up. And then you get websites that usually review these games and give it a 10 out of 10 like polygon and they immediately just say this is this is boring <laughs> this is really boring yeah i mean I, I look at a game like this and i and i ask myself like why don't i just read a book yeah because it's it's like I, I, I okay i'm playing dad games at this point yeah um when i say a dad game i mean like it, it's it's the kind of game that like the the dad who, who like the cool dad that plays video games and has his own computer that he plays video games with like he's playing games that are a little bit more tactical or like um like he gets to sit around and, and play in a sandbox with so games like the elder scrolls or divinity original sin um i like i consider those to be like total dad games <laughs> So it's like, you know, you know, it's like the, the dad wants to sit down and unwind at a game where it's like he can he can play with the mechanics. He can like be engaged, like more engaged than he is at his job. You know, um, 
I don't okay if if I play a game like um Final Fantasy like I'm going to get so bogged down by all the cinematic shit that I have to put up with it, it's it kind of sucks like I I don't really want to um go through the cinematics of Final Fantasy, but at the same time, if I play The Witcher, it's like, fuck yeah. Um, I, I'm actually making choices during the story, and, and my choices really do have a direct fi- effect that branches out, and I may not even realize the effects of what I did until hours later. Mm-hmm. Like To me, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I don't seem to get that with the games that the PlayStation company, well, the, the Sony company's been pushing. Here, here's the thing. I, I think that... Um, when Sony has been focusing so much on what is called the cinematic experience, that alienates people like me because I don't play video games for a cinematic experience. Like, otherwise, I wouldn't care to play Noida. You know, and I find that kind of game to be fun. So, like, in, I guess we're going to be talking more about the PlayStation here in, in the topic of the week, but... Um, yeah, I I don't see myself being part of the target audience for games like The Last of Us, and it and it really shows nowadays for me. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It feels it 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 kind of feels a little annoying that certain companies are starting to look at the whole cinematic sort of view of things and just saying, yeah, that'll this will sell. Yeah, it yeah. won't. Well, I mean, I look at Nintendo, and Nintendo's whole thing is is the game fun. Yes. Okay. Then we can proceed with it. No. Okay. Well, then maybe we should not bother with this and and move to something that is fun. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I don't got mu- I don't got much to say on it after what I said. So. Yeah, we've kind of dumped everything we can right now. Let's go ahead and move on to the topic of the week. Topic of the week. It's already happening. We now have the the future of the console wars coming and uh, bearing us fruits over over new content for us to produce. And the reveal of the PlayStation 5 has finally happened. Oh. And during what is not E3. Uh-oh. Yes, exactly. Well, bye, E3. Yep, yep. Sorry, E3. We don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. We're able to just watch the PlayStation conference right from our own home. And uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything that caught your attention, buddy boy? Because I'm just gonna say, I, I'm gonna straight up say this. I usually don't like watching reveals for new console generations. I know. Mainly it's... after, after what I had to go through during the Xbox One, PS4 sort of thing where I got super hyped up because of pretty gameplay, pretty graphics and shit like that. And then looking at the gameplay of it, like deciding to myself, like, all right, I'm going to save up a little bit of money and I'm going to see which game looks the best. Oh, they're all really crappy looking. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So I, I remember the reveal of the PlayStation 4 thinking, hey, this looks pretty fucking neat. And then none of the games were interesting me at all that were coming out. Like I, I bought the PlayStation Four as an investment, thinking, okay, the games are going to come soon. I just have to wait for them. They didn't come. No. And I, I got tired of my PlayStation Four. And um, well, it, it turned into a Bloodborne machine for me. Mm-hmm. 
Now, with this PlayStation 5 reveal, uh, there are some games that are revealed for it that I'm a little excited for. Now I see you bust your nut over one. Yes, and I'm going to get to that. But the first yeah. one, though, the very first trailer that they did during this reveal was Spider-Man Miles Morales. I did see some. I did see some cinematic trailers for that, and I got really excited because it's my boy. It's my boy Morales. I I after after Spider-Man. Uh, fuck into the multiverse. Which was a great movie. It was a great movie. Like, that that got me interested into a whole slew of different characters when it came down to it. Um, I, I bought hardcore into Spider-Gwen. <laughs> really hardcore oh, into yeah, Spider-Gwen. Yeah. <clears throat> and and that's, that's an ultimate, like, what-if story, but it's still fun. Oh, it's super fun. So, the thing about the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man game is that it's not going to be its own individual game. It's an add-on to Spider-Man. And it's going to be in an enhanced edition of Spider-Man. Hmm. So, in other words, enhanced to be able to progress with the PlayStation 5. Ah. Okay. So, basically, if you've played Spider-Man from 2018 and you know you love the game, then there's not much I need to tell you about this. Like, you, you already know what's coming up ahead for you here. Yes. It's... It- we we all know how good the Spider-Man game was for the PS4. Just it it was it was phenomenal. There was that one cringy moment where the guy tried to propose to his girlfriend in the game and she said no. Yeah. It was a little weird, but outside of that, the game was really fucking fun. Yeah, it was. So the game that uh, made me pop a, a gigantic pee-pee. Uh-oh. Demon Souls is getting a remake. And not just a remaster, it's a fucking remake. I did not fully play Demon's Souls. In fact, I didn't get a chance to get very far with this one. My first one in the Soulsborne was Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. And so I typically list off Demon's Souls as what was the blueprint that led to the Soulsborne games. And uh, now that it's finally getting a remake... And it looks like it's being made by people that give a shit about this game. Mm-hmm. You you got it excited for it once you started seeing some of the details that were coming out about this. Yeah, I started seeing like okay, when it comes down to me, cinematic trailers don't get me excited like they used to because I want to see gameplay. Gameplay is something that I heavily adhere to. Just because again, you threw pretty graphics at me. That's really cool and all. What's the gameplay going to be like? And after watching some of the reveals and some of the in-game uh, screenshots, I got really excited because it, it looks pretty. It looks super pretty. Oh, God, I can't. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't wait for it. I am going to hold my nut off of it because, again, it's just the one game. Like, the Spider-Man game is going to help, don't get me wrong, but I'm probably not going to get it for either one of them unless there's like another big humongous reveal that I missed, I guess. Right. But right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like I'm being a negative Nancy, but in, in all actuality for me, I'm, I'm excited for the new gens because that means Elder Scrolls is very close. I can yes. Smell oh it. my God. 
Do not fuck this one up, Todd Howard. Do not fuck this up. We do not need another Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Look, like, Steph and I are able to enjoy Fallout 4, but do not give us another Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. So, here, here's the thing, though. So, you're saying that you want to be able to have another bigger reveal to be able to justify the PlayStation 5. Yes. That's perfectly reasonable. And the reason why I say this is because, like, you and I currently have uh, gaming desktops that are able to run the games that we want to. Yes. So, um, like, maybe I could just upgrade the graphics card on my PC to something newer. Yeah. Go from there and, and be able to just play in 4K. I could do that. Or I could get a PS5 and hook it up to the TV that downstairs. That is a 4K TV. Mm-hmm. And take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the pricing of these consoles is ever-increasing. And so we don't have any official price tag for the PS5 just yet. And the rumor has it that this could go for like $599, $699. Basically, it could go the price of a new computer. And what I've been saying ever since this is that uh, the generation, so like the, the this current generation and the one before it, have been showing us that these consoles are basically computer like personal computers that don't do as much as a personal computer does. Yeah. And I I will argue that you're probably going to want to have some form of personal computer in your home. Mhm. Why not just make sure you have enough money and get it get a piece of hardware that's able to do both for you both your everyday computer things and your gaming things all in one package Mm -hmm. to me that makes sense um it makes more sense than having multiple personal computers at home just to be able to run video games yes so and, and it sucks. And it sucks having, like, I have got two personal computers in this recording studio. Yeah. So one being the the iMac that I use for the production of the um, the podcasts and the videos I've been putting up. Uh, but then the gaming desktop. Uh, if, if I actually had the audio and video software on my Windows desktop, I would probably just use that. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason for me not to. No. So it's it's, you know... I understand there are people that want to be able to just sit at their couch to play video games, but I think the lines are are much more blurred now than they used to be. Like, if you wanted to play video games back during the 16-bit period, you'd probably buy yourself either a Sega Genesis or a, a Super Nintendo and do your, your home computer stuff outside of all of that. But there were still PC gamers back during those days. They just didn't have games like, what, um, Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario World. Like, you know, the, the exclusives were on those consoles. But for people like myself, like, I want to be able to play Bloodborne on my fucking PC. There was rumor that it was going to come for PC. It was never announced yet. So I, I'm not holding my breath for it, but I, I want it. So... It's a matter of asking right now, like, what is going to justify the purchase of a PlayStation 5 at this point? It it really is. Now, 
I don't really give a damn about backwards compatibility. Mainly because all the stuff that I have on my PS4, I have on my PC now. I've sold my old games. I bought Fallout 4 on the PS4. I enjoyed it as much as I could. And then I got it on my new gaming PC, the one that I saved up money for. Yep. And I never went back. That's just how it worked for me. I didn't have to get a new... I mean, I didn't have to, you know, just justify to myself, like, okay, well, I mean, I'll still have it for, like, other things. And and then, like, you know, fucking Steam comes up and says, like, hey, buddy, you have Blas Blue and all this sort of stuff on Steam. You have all this other shit on Steam that you can be playing right now. Like, oh, that's really cool. I mean, I still have Red Dead Redemption. No, Red Dead Redemption's on Steam, too. Well, buy PS4. You're going to be sitting on the fucking bookshelf for the rest of your goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's exactly what happened with my PS4 until I got rid of it. it it's just... It turns into either a, a machine for one game or it's a Netflix device for you. Oh, God, even Netflix. I just put it on the fucking PC and then call it a day. Yeah, yeah. I Okay, so my PS, the, my old setup was my PS4 was a little whiles away from my from my PC. So if I ever wanted to play my PS4, I just unhook the HDMI cable from a monitor that hooks up to my PC, put the HDMI from the PS4 into my desktop, wireless mouse, didn't have to plug anything else in unless I needed to charge it, and then that was it. I didn't need anything else. So what do you say to, for, for people that are using the argument that they want to be able to just play from their couch? I would say you can have both. You can have one for when your friends come over and they want to play some fun little games. So like the Switch, Mario Party, you have uh, fucking Mario Kart. You have all these other couch games that are out there right now. And you can still get on your, I mean, and then after all of that, all that's ended, you can get, then go back to your PC and play your video games on there when they're all gone. Or you, you know, just kind of realize that they both have games that is only specific to either or. Be like me, just put them right next to each other. None of my friends come over because we all have the same games on PC, so we just hang out online. Then that's about it. The only reason that you sh that you should ever consider getting away from consoles is if you realize two things. One, all your friends like playing online with you on your PC. They don't really have any need to come over, and w one of the staple things that you that one of the staple phrases that you will ever hear that will always probably dissuade you from getting on your console is, hey, you getting on blah, blah, blah tonight? Awesome. Me and the boys are going to be doing the same thing. Boom. There you go. And then you go out and socialize later on that night if, you know, nothing else is happening. Right. Or two, all the games that you have on your console are also on the computer. So if it turns out that you wanted to play, uh, you were thinking about picking up, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption 2, 
on the PS4. And then, like me, you realize that, oh, it's on the PC now. Like, that's really cool. I guess I'll... Hmm, what am I going to do here? And, and you'll start talking yourself into just ha- keeping on your PC. And then you'll just realize that PS4, I don't use it anymore. I should probably get rid of it at some point. That has happened to me way too many times. Where it's like, all my friends are on this one game that I like playing. None of them are on their consoles anymore. So I'm just going to go and dick off. Uh, like, I'm just going to go and fuck off back to my PC. Right. I mean, and, and why would I want to use a, uh, a console where I have to pay a monthly fee to be able to play online, too? Like, I, I, okay, yeah. I've already got World of Warcraft. Yeah. That already sucks $15 per month from my wallet. Yeah. Um, but, but, like, if I wanted to play Call of Duty, why would I rather play it on a console where I have to spend money to play it online? I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 gonna get a little annoying. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but again, it's it's gonna be up to you. You know where everyone is when it co- when it comes down to where what they want to play. If they come over to your house more and more because you have a console, keep the console. Get multiplayer games just for couch gaming. You don't have a lot of that sort of stuff on the computer. I mean, there there is still stuff that is coming out on the computer and stuff like that. Sure. I mean, push comes to shove. If you don't want to buy that console, just get a couple uh, Bluetooth, I mean, Bluetooth, yeah, wireless controllers, hook it up to your PC when they come over, just play. Yeah. Now, the argument of being able to sit on your couch and play video games, though, that actually is part of why I wanted the Steam machines to pick up. And they never did. Yeah. Nobody seemed to care about them. Well, I mean, it comes down to what is what is Valve known for? They're known for two things. Well, they're known for a lot of things, but here he, here's the main stuff that you need to know about them. They make video games and they make money. When it comes down to hardware development, I don't remember if anyone bought their headset for uh, for VR. Uh, nope. Uh, the Steam Machine kind of flopped because. I already have a computer. Yeah. And also, the controller is not good. No, it was not good. No, no. no. I mean, it, thankfully, you were able to plug in an Xbox controller to it, though, and yeah. just use that. But no, yeah, it, it just it just wasn't good. Jesus. I had high hopes for that controller, too. Everyone did. And then yeah. they realized this is really bad. So... But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see seeing what's going on for the PlayStation Five uh, during this year and, and the holiday season. I, I hope that it's going to be at something a little bit more reasonably. Okay, I don't I don't want to use the word reasonably. I, I hope it's going to be a little cheaper than what I'm hearing because like, oh god, yes. I think it would be, would be nice for me to have something for the living room so that way it's like I'm not just stuck in my studio room all fucking day on the PC. Like I do need to be able to go downstairs sometimes mm-hmm. but um yeah it, it, it needs to be worth it it needs to be worth the money otherwise the oh. switch is going to be the only console that is on my 4k tv it's the same thing for me too buddy yeah just like why why do i i don't need anything else i just need this and Fuck i can't it. compare the switch to what's going on because it's a different beast yeah we're not doing the same thing no uh-huh. 
I, I don't have Mario Maker on my PlayStations or my my PCs. <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have Smash Bros. on on my other systems. Those are couch games. Yeah. So. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode then. It's very uh, hot up here. <laughs> yeah, it is fucking hot up here. Uh, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you like what we do, go to uh, patreon.com slash arrogantmedia. Consider donating $5 per month to us, which gives you access into the Discord that users use to listen in as we record. And we have merch.arrogantmedia.net where you can pick up a t-shirt or a mug. Uh, special thanks to Madcast Media for hosting the show as well. And until next time, fall damage. Okay. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>